Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Gita Jackson, writer at Waypoint, and I'm joined here by Kado, who is... He does podcast stuff. Yeah. You know, he's our guy. He's our guy. I'm a podcast guy. He's a podcast man. <laughs> and we're both joined by, and this is super super exciting, Lindsay Pearson from The Sims 4. Lindsay, introduce yourself, please. Yes. Hi, I'm Lindsay Pearson. I'm the executive producer and general manager for The Sims. I've been doing Sims forever, so I'm super excited to get to talk about it. How long have you been working on The Sims? Uh, I'm actually coming up on almost 18 years now. So oh I've my here- God. I've been here almost the whole time, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So in case uh, our listeners missed it, which I, they might have because I had the flu when this was happening, um, <laughs> this month is The Sims' 20th anniversary. So Lindsay's just two, two years shy. That is incredible. So you must have come on somewhere in the middle of this, the first Sims game. Yes, I came in right as the team was finishing up um, uh, Bon Voyage, the vacation pack for Sims 1. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and then I had a chance to work on Superstar and making magic and get to be part of that, all of that. It was um, it was a super fun time to work on The Sims. Well, and it continues to be, right? I've been here a long time now. So. Right? I mean, I think every game is like a new, incredible vision of what it's like to sort of like be a human being that lives in the world. And what's part of that, which has been true from the very first Sims game, is that The Sims as a game has strove to include people from all walks of life. Now, I think a lot of people have heard that story about the first Sims games at E3, where they had a live demo and they didn't realize that those two female characters were going to kiss, right? But yeah. it, it's been like, that's not like the first time The Sims has sort of broken boundaries. I feel like... And I don't know if this is your perspective either. People forget that, like, when that happened, gay people couldn't legally marry. You know, it was a very, very different time. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And from the beginning, it's because the core of The Sims has always been about the player getting to tell their story and getting to take it whichever way that they wanted. Um, That was how it started with the creative tools, whether it was characters or homes or stories. And even with that E3 moment everyone remembers, it was just an extension of that philosophy that it really is a sandbox. You can do whatever you want. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that has helped us year after year continue to push the line on what it means to include and represent as many people as we can. Yeah. I mean, it's opening about opening up the possibility space to players, right? I've heard from a lot of simmers that have told me like when they were younger and they didn't know they were queer yet, they would experiment with making sims of the same gender kiss each other. Like, have you heard any stories like that of people using the sims to explore? Yeah, I think that's a pretty common tale, actually. And it's um, it's people exploring relationships, identities, representations of themselves. It I have heard the gamut of stories. I think some of the ones that have resonated with me over the years are people who had 
experienced an accident or some sort of challenge where they couldn't go out and do all these things, but they were able to use The Sims to experience those things that they, they couldn't at the time do themselves. But the fact that it's been able to resonate so much with people on those very personal vectors is, is pretty cool and pretty unique. It's something we're very proud of. Yeah, I mean, I feel like The Sims as a game has really stuck to that heritage. Uh, more recently, I know uh, I became really invested in The Sims 4 around the same time that you opened up the sort of gender presentation um, options for Sims. You know, if you haven't been in Create a Sim recently, you can select like a lot of things individually, like whether or not Sims pee standing up or sitting down or whether or not Sims can get pregnant. And uh, I think in the most recent Magic uh, game pack, there was a Sim that took advantage of some of those features, too. I forget the name of this one of the pre-made Sims that came with that pack, but everyone in the Sims community had a crush on them. <laughs> I do remember yeah, that. It's Morgan Ember. Um, oh, my God. Morgan. Yes. Morgan <laughs> was such a cutie. <laughs> Yes, agreed. Um, and I love that. I love that we were able to take advantage of those features that we added. It was a couple years ago now and make this front and center character um, that everyone has just, like you said, fallen in love with. And um, even that feature was uh, added specifically for opening up those options and opening up that flexibility uh, to really take your stories in different directions and let people, again, sort of explore different aspects of building people and living out their lives. Um, yeah, it, and it ended up being very well received, which we were super excited about. We were very nervous, of course, at the time. We didn't know how people might react. We didn't, we couldn't do everything we had hoped with it. Um, for example, we were asked a lot about customizing pronouns and we ran into a lot of challenges with how do you localize that into the 20 some odd languages The Sims is in. Um, yeah. We actually realized that you can't yet. <laughs> so there's more things we need to learn. But um, we worked with Glad, and we were able to get to a place that it came out as a very cool, new, flexible feature that people were very, very excited about. And now it, I can't even imagine the game without it. That It just feels like such a natural extension. Yeah, I mean, I feel the very, very same way. I feel like, uh, in general, everything that you guys have added to... I, I talked to Grant Rodiak a little bit about sort of just the way that you guys are able to iterate with The Sims 4 in a way that you couldn't have done, like, just technologically with 3 or 2 or the first game, where mm -hmm. everybody, like, there's, like, just constant new little adjustments that make the game, like, so much better in, like, teeny tiny little ways all the time. Uh, like, you guys recently fixed that thing where you couldn't put TVs on console tables. That made me crazy every <laughs> single day. Yep, I totally understand. And I actually feel the same way. I still get very excited as a player when we make some of those changes that may feel rather minor on the surface, but actually just mean there's a huge new possibility space for what I could do with the game. Yeah, I mean, I know that you guys added also uh, more dark skin tones into the game mm -hmm. in one of those free updates, which I really appreciated. You also added, started adding a lot of really good curly hair, which, mm -hmm. again, was like big for me because I always... I always start off trying to make a fantastical sim that's not someone that I've played like been before, and then by the end of create a sim, I realized that I just made myself in a fancy outfit. <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when it comes to sort of meeting the needs of players that play the game, like how do you think about the audiences that The Sims does not yet serve? Like, where? How do you think about the game holistically to try to make those tiny adjustments that make it more inclusive? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, I mean, if our mission is that any player can see themselves or the people that they know, um, that is a very, very, very big list, right? 
And instead of feeling intimidated by that, we see it as a very exciting opportunity because it means there's so much space for us to explore and so many different things for us to try and figure out. And as you've said, The Sims 4 has really benefited from this constant iteration and constantly stepping forward. So I, I just look at that and say, this is amazing that we have this much space to play and we have a game where it all fits. It won't feel tacked on. It won't feel like it didn't belong. Anything that we can add to continue to increase that representation and inclusion is just going to feel better. And that's just very exciting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's incredibly lucky that this is a game where the audience is like voraciously like screaming for more content constantly mm -hmm. and like really little things like customizable stairs i remember mm -hmm. there was a week when everyone was freaking out because you added a, a plain white wall shelf yes. to the game <laughs> <laughs> yes that was really awesome actually it was hilarious <laughs> sorry god i was here giggling because he has no idea so do you remember the saga of the plain white wall shelf because i forgot mm -hmm. why people were so crazy about it but i do remember that people really really were like flipping their lids when it came out well, I think it's because, again, it isn't that it's that one particular thing, but introducing a basic shelf or a basic white door all of a sudden means you can use those things in a totally different way, right? Now you have this whole new space to play with, this whole new thing to customize. Um, we, we had a similar response to the, like you said, the configurable stairs, because again, it, it can totally change the way that I could build a house. Um, when we did the objects that could shrink or grow, it could completely change the way that I landscape and decorate. So I think it's just, it opens up the canvas. It's like adding a new paintbrush to, um, you know, to a paint program. It's just like, oh, wow, there's this thing I never thought I could use before. Yeah. And when it comes to like, you know, diversity inclusion, when you treat like people the same way, where you just sort of add more things, add more tools into the toolbox, I feel like it does open up people into thinking about real life, you know, issues of diversity and inclusion in different ways. Like, it, yeah, I think it does. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I keep interrupting you because there's a little late. <laughs> Go right ahead. Um, I was going to say it, it prompts a lot of really cool conversations with people trying to create characters using all those new tools, using all those new elements or, or content and making up stories about them and trying to learn more about where they might come from so they can tell a story of a new type of character. Um, as you mentioned, it's really easy for us all to make ourselves, but the more you play The Sims, the more you start wanting to add to that world and say, oh, I want my Sim to meet this kind of person or this kind of person. And then it's a chance to say, let me make up a story about this person that might be outside of what I know. And let me think about how that story might play out. Or let me go find a character someone else has made and learn about their story. So I think it prompts a lot of really cool sharing and conversation and um, just kind of celebration of all the things that make us each unique. Yeah, I think that The Sims like does a very good job of like trying to make sure that its players are aware that the world is full of people that are very, very different from you. Mm -hmm. I've also noticed in, in The Sims 4, a lot of the expansions tend to be sort of themed around a geographical location in the world. Uh, in particular, I really loved the sort of um, South Asian flavor that came with the city living expansion my mom is south asian my mom's indian so i it was also really nice to be able to like look mom sorry <laughs> so, you know when I, she asked me why i'm playing the sims so much uh are there how do you think about like your international audience when it comes to diversity and inclusion how do you try to include them in the story as well yeah i think being the global game that we are we have to pay a lot of attention to that actually because uh, uh I think it's even slightly more than half of our audience is outside of North America. So it's outside of what we all live and breathe every day. And so that means we need to think about how do we make 
everything from content that resonates in those places and feels authentic to features that actually resonate globally um, to the characters we even put on the boxes and the stories we tell about them, right? So we're trying to think about that all with an international lens. I think a good couple examples that come to mind readily is the approach we took with Island Living and building a very Pacific Islander inspired place, right? We uh, worked with we worked with people that we um, know in the company to say, hey, help us make this feel like it could be a real place and help us put in some content that might resonate with people from here or from this culture, um, which was a great exercise in getting to a place that felt like it could be real. And then I think on a feature level, uh, as we approached Discover University just recently, we had to think about what that university experience is like globally, because not everybody has the same uh, the same college experience, right? It doesn't always mean I go off to a big campus and move into a dorm and have roommates and parties. Some people live at home and go off to class more like a job each day. So how do we make that feel that it could be flexible enough to capture all of those different experiences, which is a, a cool challenge. Yeah, I remember um, really recently reading on the Sim subreddit, people talking about previous expansions for university, people from the UK specifically saying like, this is the first time I felt included in this because university is so different here than it is in the States. And while the States version is like, interesting, I really hated how like uh, America centric the game used yep. to be. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that very consciously in this generation, we wanted to think about, we wanted to make sure that we recognized the fact that our audience is so global and how, again, do we put tools in the box to make those stories feel more relatable to you, whether you're in the UK or Australia or North America or wherever, how do we make sure that you could find a version of your story and your path that made sense? Yeah, it it is really remarkable to me. You know, I have had a uh, what a life that I thought was normal until I went to college and met people who had much more normal lives than me. Grew up on a college <laughs> campus and like the, being the daughter of a college professor will just lead to a super, super weird moments in college where you're like, oh, Edward Said, didn't he come to my mom's school one time? <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. really sort of refreshing to be able to take this like to actually recreate, recreate my life, which is something that I like, I, I don't see a lot in other games. You know, I'm a I'm a woman of color. I'm a black woman. And just like you don't get to see a lot of that in video games. I feel like a lot of simmers see this as sort of a their weird re refuge from the rest of games culture at large, which can be like less friendly and less inviting. Uh, how do you keep the game feeling so open for people? And how do you how do you foster like a community of kindness? Because when you're dealing with the issues of diversity and inclusion, you have to like make sure that kindness is also like a part of this. People being mean is the easiest way to exclude people. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And a culture of kindness is actually a really nice phrase to put on it. Um, I have appreciated that from the very beginning, I mean, as long back as I can remember working on The Sims, we have always fostered within our studio, within our culture and within our players and our communities, this idea of celebrating everyone's creativity. Um, the fact that you cannot objectively say that one person's creation is better than another helps because it means that the whole point is to learn from each other, leverage what other people have figured out and collaborate on how to make whatever it is you're trying to make that much better or uh, that much more meaningful to the person telling that story. And I think that's a very unique experience in The Sims, but because we have also just 
fostered that and grown that, it has led to this community that is built on a lot of kindness and collaboration and sharing and celebration, which is, um, it is unique for sure in other gaming communities. Um, and I think that some of the strategies we do to sort of help maintain that is the SimGuru program is very open with our community um, on any number of things. Sometimes it's just silly stuff. Sometimes it's really heavy stuff. We've had um, summits where game changers have been able to come and talk to us about how can we help foster healthy communities and continue to foster positive conversation and um, build up that good energy in the way that we work with our players. And I think it's having that level of conversation and interaction. That's just one example of how we continue to build a culture that leverages the creativity of everybody feeding into it and turns it into something bigger. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I have noticed the Sims fandom whenever one person succeeds in the Sims, they all want to celebrate it. I know that... um, who is it? Ebonic Simmer. Kato, you were telling me about this person. Yeah. Yeah. They ha- they were featured on the BBC like two years ago. Right. And yes. yeah. And it just like whenever you see that, what you see in like the replies to the tweets from like the BBC is always like other Simmers screamingly happy for them. Or when um, <laughs> Lil Simsy, who is my favorite Sims YouTuber, <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, yeah. When she ended up doing that thing where she, you know, point out the, the sort of the gendered bathroom door problem which like you guys just added more gender neutral bathroom doors which i thought was really great um when she pointed that out in her simsy save to where she um zucato this is something i'm gonna have to end up explaining to you specifically because i'm sure Lindsay knows about this but (laughs) i don't know if you do so little simsy uh sims youtuber extraordinaire like a early 20s college student who just cries about the sims all the time on youtube.com great um self-described little freak um (laughs) She does this thing called the Simsy save, which is where she takes a save file for the Sims and rebuilds or adjusts every single build in every single world and also remakes all of the Sims so that every single house has a Sim family that she has made that's already in it, which is... What? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Such an undertaking for something that is essentially a hobby. But I've downloaded it and like it's meticulous. And one time when she was talking about it, she just mentioned something offhandedly that was like, it's really annoying to me that some of the bathrooms in some of the worlds have gendered doors. Mm-hmm. Because not only do you like not really see that in a lot of places anymore, um, you also when you want to make your sim go to the bathroom, sometimes you'll click on the toilet in the wrong gendered restroom. And then they won't go to the toilet and then they'll pee themselves. <laughs> it's awful. Right. 
Yeah. So when Simsy pointed out that that she did that and she changed it for the Simsy save, the entire community was like, "Oh my god, we didn't even notice." And like, it's so good now that someone pointed this out to us because we want our games to feel more inclusive. And also, it is annoying when our Sims pee themselves in public because they went to the wrong bathroom. <laughs> yes, that is still true. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that they that I love seeing Simmers interact with each other and celebrate like something they figured out or something they solved or some amazing creation that one of them has put together. And I think it's because, again, it's all about like trying to trying to use these tools in interesting ways and trying to make the game do things that maybe it wasn't meant to do. And it's really cool to see when someone else figures out something that you didn't know it could do or when someone else points out a way to use that tool in a way you hadn't conceived of. Like, it just feels exciting because it's like a secret that now everybody's in on. So I think that that drives that energy and that sort of celebratory atmosphere. Yeah, I think um, it's so much. I mean, it's so exciting to tell a story, right? When we're, you know, little kids, we love making up. I at least, I don't know, I was obnoxious. When I was a little <laughs> kid, I loved making up stories to tell my mom because I thought it was so incredible that you could just basically lie and people would say, oh, that's so nice, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, with The Sims, I don't think adults really get the chance to explore fiction in the way that the children do. You know, you don't we don't get to play. We don't get to use our imaginations and we're not encouraged to do it in, in, as a, a freewheeling way. The Sims is all about playing. You're giving no objections uh, or objectives other than uh, make sure your Sim doesn't die or else you have to go make another Sim. Do you find, like, are you ever, like, really surprised by or amazed by the stories that people, like, derive out of this, like, dollhouse that you've given them? Yeah, I am regularly impressed and amazed by the stories people come up with. I think part of it is the just incredible creativity and storytelling some of them have anyway. And um, the fact that they use The Sims as a tool to kind of bring that to life. But I think also that there are a lot of players that I see who maybe start at one place with their Sims and end up in a totally different place. And I love that they have this almost improvisational relationship with the game of like, oh, I was going to do this thing, but then this crazy thing happened. Now I'm going to go that way. I just think it's, um, it's just really cool to see where people take it. And uh, there've been many cases over my years where someone someone will go on and speculate about a certain piece of tuning and they'll say, guys, this only happens when these five things are true. And oftentimes it's totally random, right? It's something in the game that just happened because some tuning number was somewhere. But I love that they make up these whole stories about why that occurred, what happened. Uh, I think the uh, disappearance of Bella is a great example. Yes. Became huge, like lore and like urban legend of The Sims, even though it was at the end of it, like a, a very basic code mistake, honestly, <laughs> but it's way more interesting that it's a fun story. <laughs> So but, do you yeah. want to give a chance explaining the disappearance of Bella Goth Staccato? Because I feel like we can tag team him on this one because it's one of my favorite like video game conspiracy theories also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. um, I can take a stab at that. So uh, Bella Goth is a character that is featured prominently in The Sims since the very, very beginning. She was one of the first characters your Sims would ever meet when you started The Sims game in the first game. And in The Sims 2, she had disappeared. Um, she wasn't with her family. There was a photo album showing that she had fallen in love with the neighbor probably, but there was like nothing said about where she had gone. She had just <laughs> vanished. Um, and uh, she even had a little picture on a milk carton. Like it was, it was a big deal. And the, uh, 
the on the back end deaf side, we had decided that she should disappear. This was sort of part of a story, but she was supposed to have appeared in a different neighborhood with like her memories erased so that you could play out a story that she'd been abducted or something like that uh, by aliens. Uh, but instead, <laughs> she just never appeared anywhere. And so it became this huge thing of like, what happened to Bella? Where did she go? What happened? Um, and it was much more interesting to leave it at that than to explain that it was just a mistake in a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's really wow. like, this is the kind of stuff I loved about The Sims. Like when you go to The Sims Wikia now, there's a but there's a whole page dedicated to like Bella Goth conspiracy right. theories, which is amazing. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> what happened to Bella Goth is a question that Simmers still talk about. I did like an interview with two fans talking about Bella Goth for Kotaku. <laughs> And they had, they did not accept the Bella Goth just shows up in strange, like a uh, strangerville with her memories erased. They were like, that was a fake Bella. That was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like the I fake Avril Yeah. My favorite of the, the conspiracies I read on the, on the Sims Wikia was um, one person was like, she ascended to a higher plane of existence because she just was the first person, first Sim to discover the plumb bob. Ooh, I like that one. Right? That one, because she's got that statue where she's holding the plum bob. And they were like, actually, what if? Is that the. Yeah, oh <laughs> my god, Kato doesn't know what the plumb bob is. <laughs> oh, no. What is this? Yeah. Yeah, the diamond above their head. Huh. That's the thing I that didn't know it had a name. me as God sees and allows me to control them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plumb bob. I do like that idea that if she had like because she touched it, it like somehow blew her mind and she got It's amazing. Like, that, I like that idea. That's funny. She saw right? God. Yeah. No, it's like that episode of The Simpsons where where Homer goes to the real world. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, how fun. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I think The Sims 2 has a lot of like fun zaniness in it. I mean, I also really like, I think that a lot of people don't understand that The Sims has like some loose narrative, (laughs) but the like, yeah, you know. That's honestly, I didn't, when you, when I think about it, it's literally just like, uh, you know, build, build, build your, your, your characters and then the home and then like let them, let the simulation run basically is what I understand of it from a very basic level. Um, and I was actually kind of wondering, um, we've got this kind of toolbox, right? That mm-hmm. like is pretty f- freaking expansive at this point. Yeah, seriously. Um, but, uh, I, I was always, I, I was also always curious about, um, how easy it is to to bring stuff out from like add to that toolbox uh as a as a creator like how how often do you see people doing that or is that more like it's so expansive at this point that people aren't doing that as much are you talking about the healthy and thriving sims modding community kata i'm sure i'm sure that's what i'm (laughs) yeah i'm wondering because it seems like there's so much in the game already that i you, you start to wonder how yeah, how how big that community is. As I'm sure Lindsay knows, Sims Simmers have a, a knack for finding the one thing that they don't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I actually experienced that myself. Like I when I play The Sims, I like to build, and there is always a window or a like little decorative thing that I want in whatever I'm making that I don't yet have in the game. Um, so it's that fun tension is like. I guess I could come in here and ask someone to make it for me, but I could also just go look for it from a mod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, I just actually read um, Luke Plunkett's article about Scumbumbo, that modder who just passed away, unfortunately. 
And they had made one of my favorite mods ever, which is don't wash dishes where you angry poop, which just allows you to select which dish dish sinks are toggleable for like for dishwashing. Because my sims always go in the bathroom to wash their dishes, and that's not where you wash dishes. Hmm. (laughs) You know, you're making some life choices when you're washing your dishes in the bathroom. You don't, you know, it's not sanitary. The Sims are not the smartest all the time, to be yeah. fair. They like <laughs> when it comes to going down the stairs within half an hour, the Sims don't always make that mark. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's also one of the interesting things though to me too, is like whenever I see things of like the funny bits that kind of bur- burble to the surface of like past even the community always seem to be these like um edge cases of like things going slightly awry. Not even like the worst, like like obviously like it it's not like a bug necessarily, but like that sort of thing of like, oh, this is yeah, this is a a sink. Obviously, the sim thinks it's a sink like all other sinks. Yeah. Um, and I guess it, I, I was actually kind of curious about if there's like a process for what edges you sand off or what you leave into, like. Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. the The game absolutely has a lot of very unpredictable ripples, given how much the things are intertwined. And sometimes we come across them and think, "Oh, that's actually just kind of funny." We'll leave it. Um, a good example of that would be when we, um, I think it was back on Sims Two, maybe that we implemented um, cold weather clothing in our, you know, our our winter pack, a seasons pack at that time, and. Um, we found out that when ghosts would go outside, they would switch into their cold weather gear um, because, you know, it was weather. That's what you're supposed to do. And we were like, that's funny. We should totally leave it, even though it's not what we intended at all. Yeah. Uh, that is so funny. <laughs> just, so, they, they just want to pretend to be living. They're ghosts. <laughs> so there's totally moments like that that were like, oh, yeah, that's just funny. That's great. Um, and then there's other times where something like washing dishes in the sink we will find it and that's definitely not what we want them to do and then we'll try and fix it but then some other random piece of logic will break it again in some way so sometimes it's a little bit of a um, arms race against ourselves of like oh wait we fixed this situation but now they do it for this reason or that reason um and sometimes they just we can't even figure out why sometimes they still just choose the wrong thing because it's just a lot of different factors at any given time but um but i agree a lot of the times those weird sort of idiosyncrasies make them funny and give them a little personality, actually. Um, so we try and fix the ones that definitely don't feel that good. But every once in a while, the little humorous ones, yeah, it's okay to let them just hang out for a minute. I remember uh, early on in The Sims 3, players figured out that if you fed pregnant Sims apples, they would have boys, and watermelons, they would have girls. Whoa. Yeah, but it was supposed to just be a chance, but it ended up being like 100% hard-coded. <laughs> So, like, if you to add like apple pancakes ever, you while the sim was pregnant, they would have end up having boys. And uh, later on, I, I remember I I um I think like in my first week at Kotaku, so like many moons ago, I was a completely different person. I, I asked y'all about that, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we made a mistake." But then when we decided to keep the apple and watermelon thing, though, <laughs> we just wanted it to work differently. Yep. It's, uh, I think one of my favorite ones is really old, and it, it, um, but it was back in Sims 2. We did an April Fool's Day object, which was like a giant pair of scissors. 
and um, your Sims could run around with it. It had a very high chance of death, as you would expect. (laughs) (laughs) And it was supposed to be sort of a, you put them in the world, they'd have a chance to play with it and a chance to die. But the way we tuned it, we made it like the most entertaining thing a Sim could possibly ever do. So the Sims were like scissors and they'd all run around and die like instantly. And we were like, oh, that's not quite what we meant to have happen. Um, Uh, That's still amazing though. Um, the you know we've sort of seen this uh, a similar version of um, what just happened with our Murphy bed in Tiny Living. It's a lot more deadly than we anticipated, um, and uh, we're kind of like, well, it's kind of funny. Um, but I love that like, the first mod that came out is someone was like, "Your bed won't kill you anymore," and we're like, "Yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> yeah, I um, I when I was testing out the the bed for just to write about the new expansion for Vice, I. <laughs> When I was trying to get a screenshot of a Sim just getting smacked by the bed, she died. <laughs> she yeah. was a gorgeous Sim, too. I was actually really sad because I was like, I wanted her to have babies. Oh, no. I think, I think the, the chance is actually really low. But when you have it out there now for tons and tons of people, all of a sudden it becomes very deadly. And you're like, oh, hmm, math didn't work in our favor. <laughs> But people love the deaths. I feel like there's nothing. I'm a kind. I'm a simmer that likes to play hide nice little happy families. After I spend three to four hours building a house, I just make the the perfect suburban family and give them a dog and a cat or whatever. And uh, I try to make them as perfect as humanly possible before they all die. Um, but simmers that love deaths, like really, really, really love deaths. I I know. That people were like actively upset also when y'all made it so that Sims can leave, like get out of pools without yes. like having them pool ladders. Oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was definitely something we did not anticipate because we were like, oh, look, they're so smart. They can climb out like normal people do. And everyone's like, what? I can't kill them the same way anymore. And you're like, oh, <laughs> no. you can still build a wall. It's fine. Yeah. But mm, yeah, okay. it's, um, it's kind of funny. <laughs> pretty funny i feel like so uh, people who play the sims like they do like playing god but i i feel like it's the unpredictability that that makes them makes the sims like a truly special game just that one minute where the sim defies you and doesn't mm-hmm. do the thing that you desperately want it to do i remember uh i was doing a black widow challenge for kotaku with uh tim rogers and just a sim refused to d- drown to death. And I was really upset by that. I made like a little horrifying glass box for them to like one by one pool for them to sit in. Uh-huh. And it just took them so long to die. I'm just sitting there like with it on fast forward, just looking at them. And I was like, come on. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's that it's it is a place where I have huge amounts of control to sort of drive the story I want, build the world I want, but there's still that element of the Sims are just going to do something I didn't think that they would. Um, and it can be as little as um, a thought balloon that all of a sudden makes me change how I feel about the situation, right? Yeah. Or it could be that they just refuse to do the thing I've told them to do. Um, but I think it gives you just that little bit of tension, that little bit of conflict that's like, oh, now I have to try it a different way. Or, oh, no, I didn't think they'd know that I was doing this, right? Like, yeah, um, I've definitely had those moments where I will be, uh, I, as usual, trapped my sim or something or other. I like trapped one of my neighbors because she kept hanging out at my house and I was annoyed. So I was like, so I'll just trap you until you go away. But then like her husband came over and he kept trying to call her on his phone and she kept thinking about him. And I was like, oh, no, he knows she's here. <laughs> like, 
Um, and then I was like, what are they going to do? And so I just had to like wait and try and talk to him and make him go away. Um, hoping he wouldn't notice that his wife was like locked in the backyard. That's um, amazing. That's <laughs> one of the best stories I've heard recently of like the the husband came to look for them. That is amazing. <laughs> like you can get to see that these things really can go know. wrong. I think he just showed up, but he kept thinking about her. So of course for me, I was like, oh no, he knows she's here. He's going to figure it out. He's going to get mad at my sim. And I was like, what do I do? Um, yeah, it it's hilarious. like it's like when you see like the face of Jesus in a pancake or something. Like It's just like yeah. a series of burn marks. But our brains need it to be human in some way, you know? <laughs> so you weave together these little disparate bits and you make a story. And then it's really funny as these other things get injected. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I definitely think that's some of the magic and some of the fun of The Sims. Yeah, I just think as a sort of simulacra of human life, it's incredibly successful, especially when all of these like concepts and all of these mechanics bump up against each other in super weird ways. So yeah. I recently had started a new save file. Uh, I always end up like building out Newcrest. Newcrest is a, a town in The Sims that doesn't has is only empty lots. So mm -hmm. I usually when I start a new save file, I I like to start in Newcrest and then build a whole bunch of service places. Like I'll build a restaurant and a coffee shop and a gym and try to make it a little town. And then once I've done that, I'm like, well, I kind of want to do that again. So I do it again <laughs> uh, in a different save file. Uh, and most recently, um, what was the weird thing that happened in the game? Oh, well, I finally had my sim get married. And she married this guy, Veer. Um, uh, just a nice Indian boy, you know, the, you know, very nice Indian boy. Yeah. She was doing very well. My mom would be so proud. Um, <laughs> and when I I finally moved him to the household, I checked his aspiration, and he wanted to become a freaking vampire. Oh no! <laughs> just like come Who among on. Us she was having such wanted. a <laughs> at one point in their lives. I've got to turn this into like a reverse gender Twilight thing now, right? Because. <laughs> That's so funny. Gosh. Well, I think we've got about 15 minutes left in the hour. And I feel like unless there's an incredible sim story you have to tell us, I just wanted to really thank you for coming and having this chat with us because I love The Sims. I love talking to people who've worked on The Sims. And I'm so excited for 20 more years of it. Yes, thank you. I am I am so excited myself. I mean, having been here for so long, I still get excited at all the different things that we make up and put in the game and when we get to release them into the wild and see how people respond and play with them it's just it's just awesome and i love seeing what people uh put together that we didn't really think about uh the way that they use different packs in different ways or put together different stories in different ways and i don't know it's just it's just constantly interesting and constantly exciting and i love how many new people get to join in that journey all the time and bring a new perspective and how much our community helps them feel plugged in and supported. Um, so yeah, it's just a really cool environment. So it's always fun to talk about The Sims. I'm happy to do so at any time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, Sims for honestly, a national treasure. Thank you so oh, much. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey, it's me. I'm Gita Jackson, uh, and I'm joined here by... Kado, oh, hi. Which one? I thought you were gonna introduce <laughs> no, me and sorry. then. Oh, okay. Let me do that over because I don't. I don't podcast solo. Can anyone tell? Um, <laughs> anyway, let me do that one, one more time. Okay. 